It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Raph, we have a very special guest today, and that is your brother and the Richmond assistant coach, Xavier Clark. Xavier, thank you very much for joining us this morning. No worries, boys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, Xavier, just a quick one from me. I am a Richmond nuffy. I absolutely love the Tigers <laughs> with all my heart, so I was shattered with the way the Tigers' season ended. What is the general mood around the club? Because it was a bit of a bittersweet season. Obviously, losing so many close games was disappointing for any Tigers person, but at the same time, the club was able to blood a lot of, a lot of young footballers who really made an impact. What was the general mood like around the club? Yeah, I think um, the, the, the general... Um, the season was a little bit of disappointment because we sort of felt we were, we were building at the right time, um, and there's no doubt we lost a couple of games. You know where we we should have won. I thought um, you know, they're the ones that probably hurt a little bit. When you know you probably think we could have finished maybe a bit higher up the ladder and give ourselves more of a chance. But I think the best thing about the year is you're right. You, we we got to play a young couple of young kids. You know, Tyler Sonsi come on, Noel Cumberland, um, you know, Gibb just down back. Um, you know, Benny Miller played a bit more footy this year, so we found some players while I think re-establishing a little bit of our brand, which um, you know, which we love to see. And the one thing we did really well this year is we, we actually moved the ball a bit better and scored better. But unfortunately, um, we let a few too many goals through the other way, and uh, when that happens, you know, you're leaving it to chance. So I think uh, we built pretty well, and probably. Yeah, probably, I think the North Melbourne game was the one where we thought, me personally, I thought, shit, let's just get the season done and get on a bit of a break and reset. But once we started to build and start to win games towards the end of the season, then you know, I really thought that we could have had a big impact on finals. But um, So I was a little bit disappointed, but I think that's a good thing going into the off-season and preparing for next year. Hey guys, Xavier, the better brother here, Raph. Uh, just a quick shout-out, mate, to a couple of listeners. So we've got uh, Lana, our number one listener, who's a partner of Ollie, our producer, and also a good mate of yours, Joey Bell, tuning in today. So I'll be chat before I... The, good... the great Joey Bell. Yeah, the Joey Bell. Um, so how are you, mate? How's the holidays treating you? Um, you know, how's the kids? Everything going all right? Yeah, not too bad. I'm actually currently in Chinchilla, uh, which is about four and a half hours west of Brisbane. So there's not much going on here, but um, the kids are at home at the moment, running a bit of a mark with with all of my wife. But I get back tonight, so um, yeah, looking forward. I'm actually going to the grand final tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, go as a spectator and enjoy the, the game and for what it is. And um, yeah, I think hopefully the Swannies will get the job done. I think uh, my next question is probably um, not, not much to do about Richmond, but since I'm coaching the St Mary's Div 2, I haven't had a chance to ask you this yet, but are you going to jump the boots on for your little brother, <laughs> mate, and join 
join our St Mary's boys and have a run this year? Um, I'll have to wait and see. You'll have to stick me a, a um, contract offer first before I decide anything and see what my conditions and terms are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try and negotiate something. <laughs> hey, Raf, you spoke about... Sorry, Raf. Xavier, this is getting confusing. You spoke about some of the younger Richmond players in Miller, Cumberland, Sonsi, Gibkus. Last year, the club had five picks inside the top 30. I watched a lot of VFL football and was impressed with Sam Banks and Judson Clark and Tom Brown. Who are some of the other younger players on the Tigers list to look out for? Yeah, I think you probably named the majority of them. I think the other thing we, we forget, and, um, you know, guys like Noah Cumberland is now into his third year, I think, um, but he played zero footy in his first year. He had a knee reconstruction in his second year. He actually hardly played as well because of COVID. So uh, some of those boys, you know, Benny Miller is, is what got caught up in that um, as well, even though I think it was a you know, similar draft to one of them, the other boys about four years ago, but they missed a lot of footy, so... We've seen start seeing them now, you know, actually get to play VFL footy and be competitive, and, and so guys like Noah and Ben Miller have been around for a little while, starting to you know, show that they can actually play the game at a high level, which is really good. But then to be able to get guys like you know, like you mentioned, Judson Clark plays two games this year, um, and he's got a bit of class. His his upside is going to be quite good. We think, you know, we think that he might be like a, a replacement for like a, someone like a Kane Lambert, and if he can be half the play, he's, he's going to be a good footy player. Um, and Sam Banks was close. He's a year Tassie boy. Um, you know, he played a lot of wing, a bit of half back as well. So we think you know those boys that are coming through are a good group. And like you said, they'll most of them are you know relatively relatively high draft picks. Uh, yeah, and we think that you know they're in a good spot. We you know we, we're obviously going hard in the trade period, and I think it's the right thing to do. Um, we've gone to the draft the last three or four drafts. Um, We've stocked up from that part of it in terms of our young players. So I think the trade period this year will be a good one if we can um, take stock and, and go again. Sydney Stack, where is he at, Xavier? He burst onto the scene in his first year in the system and I think back to when he laid out Jack Viney and was taking speckies and had a couple of games where I think he kicked four goals. A tremendously talented footballer. I've followed his career pretty closely obviously he's been embroiled in a couple of different controversies but seemed to have had a pretty good 2022 from the outside looking in maybe not quite good enough to break into what was a pretty strong side in the end where is he at Xavier yeah look he's stack we all know stack he's highly talented um you know, he's he's still figuring out you know what it takes to be an elite AFL player and that's the reality like he's uh he's improved each year he's come back, you know, we you know, we want him to you know, to come back pre season day one and make a statement and you know, there's no no you know, no magic in that in terms of the players that have good pre season generally have good good um good seasons. So he he's challenges, you know, now, this time of the year, what you know, what's he doing away from the football club and um you know, like I said, he's got tremendous talent. We all want him to play and do well. Um but there's you know, obviously that there is a standard and, and you know, he's got to you know, meet us at that standard and you know he's doing well he's, he's trying his hardest um and like i said if he does get an opportunity again next year then hopefully he does make that statement and come back in pre-season we all want him to play because he's, he's there's no doubt he's one of our most talented players on our list and we, we you know we say that all the time but um you know there's, there's a i guess a responsibility that comes with that and um you know being able to play at the elite level 
you got to meet a certain standard in terms of your, your fitness and your conditioning and, and, and so forth. So, yeah, look, we'll, we'll get, I think we'll give them another chance at this stage from my understanding. I'm not too, too sure what that will look like, but hopefully if we do, he's, um, he takes it with both hands and, and we see the Sydney stack that we love to see. Daniel Rioli, for mine, is one of the most improved players in the AFL. Had an interesting 2021 season where he was struggling a little bit ahead of the ball, playing as a small forward, which is a position that he can play very well. He's a triple premiership player as a forward, but he moved to defence and his football has come along in leaps and bounds. Whose decision was it to move him to defence? What kind of input did Daniel have when he was presented with that that option? And, uh, yeah, just tell me about his move to defence. Yeah, it's an interesting one because Daniel is just an elite, um, you know, he's actually an elite runner um, and his, his contest stuff is really good. So it was an interesting one. He, he, he's half forward for us. You think about our you know, premiership year, Jason was saying, um, you know, Butler in 17, Daniel, they've never really been high possession players. They've been really good role players for us. Now, wingers have been the same. And unfortunately, it got to the point where Daniel just wasn't touching the ball as a forward and, you know, he was getting mm. flat and, He's getting disappointed in himself. And, um, you know, so we just kind of thought, we, what can we do to get a spark out of him? And I remember having a conversation with Guma. I was coaching the BFL at the time. And I was, you know, we were just going back and forth. You know, should we put him in the midfield? Should we put him wing? Should we, you know, what should we do? And, and you know, we just kind of, why don't we just put him behind the ball and just let him get the ball in his hands? He can run, he can create, he can learn how to defend later on. Uh, but let's just see what it does. And, um, I think he played three games VFL down back, and then from there, yeah, he's just gone leaps and bounds, and it's been awesome to see. You know, he's in the All Australian squad this year. Um, you know, he's had one full season as a, as a backman. He knows how to defend now. In terms of, I remember a game. I think Brisbane, the, the game we came back from forty points down, we lose um, Dylan Grimes, and you know, we put Daniel on Charlie Cameron as a deep small forward, and he defends him really well. So you see those, and you know, you know, this kid can can be a he definitely can be an all-Australian half-backer. Um, and Adam Kingsley says that all the time. You know, even you know, halfway during the year, mate, you can be one of the half, best half-backs in the competition. And I think Adam Kingsley said he reminded him a little bit of um, Peter Burgon when Peter Burgon went down back. Um, the Port days, you know, they shifted him to half-back role and, um, you know, and he was an outstanding player. So Daniels, it's just great to see he's taking his footy to another level. You know, there's always... You come to a crossroad in your career and you're wondering... Can you still impact games? Um, but to be able to move position and, and excel has been tremendous for him, and um, you know, I'm really happy for him. And I guess a five-year extension in his contract, which is um, always good too. So he's um, he's just going to go keep going better and better. Yeah, it must be special for you too, Xavier, being a St Mary's person, watching other St Mary's people and Territorians succeed at that level. Let's talk about another Rioli in Morris Rioli. Where do you see his ceiling as a footballer? Do you think long-term he will look to build that bigger tank and get some more midfield minutes like he has at VFL level, or will he solely be just that pressure forward? I, I think I can definitely see him moving in the midfield, to be completely honest. I, I've been quite surprised with how quick he's come along with his his endurance and his fitness to be completely honest. He's uh he came to us, you know, as a you know, a bit similar to his dad, you know, a bit more low gravity. Um he's got the big solid hips and, and that and that but um he his work rate and his ability to be able to get up and down the ground and to be honest to play a half forward role at AFL level, you gotta have midfield fitness if not fitter and, and the ability to be able to, you know, repeat speed and get up. So 
with another preseason under his belt, um, you know, once he gets to understand the game plan and you know um, more midfield and, and running patterns and things, I, I think he certainly can have an impact in small patches um, around the ball, around centre square bounce in particular. And we saw Cyril do it you know, later in his career. We went in centre square bounce and drifted forward. Uh, you know, Shane Bolton does it for us at the moment, so. I think he certainly has the ability to be able to move in there in the future and um, certainly um, you know, trouble opposition teams for sure. Speaking of Shea Bolton, what is he like off the field? He portrays a very laid-back character when you hear him in interviews. Does he have leadership potential? Is he a hard trainer or is he one of those guys that just keeps to himself, that just gets in and out? What's he like? Yeah, he's, he's a quiet kid, but he's... Um, we draft him as a bottom age, you know, 17-year-old. I think he turned 18 in December in his draft year. You take him away from, you know, he's Perth, you know, he comes over, you know, he doesn't say much, but he's uh, he's come on leaps and down. And that, as you do, like footy clubs, you grow up pretty quickly, uh, especially if you have to move away from home. And, you know, Raph and I have to do it as well. So you grow up quick, you, you learn, you know, how, how to, you know, train at AFL level. And he's, he's work rate is outstanding like you know his first year or so you just don't know you just, until you've been told you know how do you need to run what sort of gps numbers you need to be hitting and, and how do you train and you see people do it um and he's been really good man and he, his footy's followed um and his footy does do the talking but he's um yeah in meetings he's starting to to have a voice which is really important people listen it's quite powerful when he does talk because you know he is he's quite a person but uh, yeah, he's had a phenomenal year, and um, you know he's just had a little baby, which we're, we're really happy for him. And um, you know, he, he's just a real well-grounded, grounded, grounded kid. That um, it's scary to think he's only 23 years old. So, um, you know, big future for him. And if he can continue to excel the way he's going, he's going to be a, a very good player for a long time. No worries, hey, Xavier. Just wrap it. Um, right, just touching on the Hawthorne stuff. Um, my question. Is um, do you think all AFL clubs need an indigenous um, support or coach or you know uh, what do you call it player liaison officer. officer? Yeah, so like we didn't have one when we come through, mate, but we 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 had each other. Um, but what do you think um, going forward? I think most clubs do now, but do you think that's an ideal position for most clubs? Yeah, I think. Um each club's a little bit different. I think Lawrence had a um, mandatory... Um, each club had to employ an Indigenous player development manager. Um, so I think you'll find um, this year will be the first time, I think, ever that that every club has employed, uh, employed one. Um, and they're all split against you know, different roles within the club, but ultimately their, their role is um, a support network for... Sort of indigenous players and a bit of a a voice and a direction to lean on, um, you know, when things do arise. Um, like I think Rani can speak on from the behalf of Richmond. Um, you know, we've got a great network there. You know, from upstairs, we've got the KGI um, with those the, the indigenous kids coming through the, through there every day. Um, you know, myself as a coach. Um, you know, we've got seven or eight indigenous boys playing for us. Um, you know, Shane Edwards has been a great player for us for a long period of time. Has been an outstanding leader for those boys. You know, Marlon Pickett comes in from a, you know, as a 27-year-old, um, you know, checkered background. 
just comes in and being a role model and a, a father figure for those other boys. So the environment's important, there's no doubt about it. And I think clubs will be certainly looking at um, yeah, how do they do things a little bit better in terms of supporting their all their players, but in particular um, yeah, Indigenous multicultural players for sure. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Xavier, just a quick one from me because we do need to throw to a break, but how have you found your own development as a coach at the Tigers and where do you see your coaching future? And before we say goodbye, Raf, sorry, Xavier, after this, I want you to give us a prediction for tomorrow's grand final. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. Oh, look, mate, I've been, I've been enjoying my, my coaching. I had three years at Thunder. Um, we coached Raf for one year, which was, um, which was uh, quite fun. But, um, yeah, look, to be able to get an opportunity at Richmond, at the end of 2016, was um, you know, something I was really you know, happy to get that opportunity and go you know, done development for so probably two years and then coached the VFL for two years and then moved into the former forwards for the last year and a half. Um, it's been great. So my development, yeah, I've been enjoying it. The Tigers have been fantastic. Um, you know, they they always promote within, um, which which has been really good. Um, so look, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'll, I'll stay here for another two years. Um, at the moment, which has been really fantastic, being able to work with guys like you know Lynchy and Jack and Shea Bolton, these guys. So, um, yeah, it's been great, man. I'm really enjoying it. And hopefully, one day, you know, if it does arise, I'd like to be able to, to coach my own team. There's no doubt about that. But um, um, so that that's a, a dream. Um, my prediction for tomorrow: um, I'm going to the game, yeah. uh, which should be good. But I think Sydney might get it done, mate. I'm 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 thinking Ooh. that um, if they can shut um, Geelong's offence down with their pressure, um, I think they will score. Um, even though Geelong have shown that they are, I think they're the number one team or number two team can um, stop an opposition from score from turnover. So if they can get through Geelong's defence, I think I think they beat them. Um, two things, I, I want Sydney to win it because I want the cup to go out of Victoria because I don't want Geelong rubbing it into our, our faces yeah. in Victoria. Take it away. Take it to New South Wales. <laughs> Very nice. Xavier, enjoy your day tomorrow at the footy and thanks very much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, boys. Take it easy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.